This episode of The Great Equalizer is brought to you in part by Encore Clothing, a boutique online consignment store for new and pre-loved clothing. Encore Clothing sources the highest quality designer, luxury and high street, women, children and baby fashion, offering you nearly new items at a fraction of the retail price. Visit Encore Clothing, E-N-C-O-R-E dot C-O dot Z-A for more. The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam Googles PPD. And by those standards, Charlene is also postpartum. And we talk to UK-based author and illustrator Polly Dunbar about her new book, Hello Mum. Hello. Hello. Wow. How nice to be saying that together. I know. In the same room. I know. <laughs> so guys, listeners, we are in the same studio room since last year february yeah or like early march early march i think the first week of march was our last together in person recording yeah and wow. i told you i was pregnant then yes that's <laughs> true <laughs> and then i never saw you throughout your entire pregnancy yeah crazy 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 so we are Back together, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, but yeah, following on from our last episode, I've got to tell you something. <laughs> and I have to actually tell our listeners, guys, I told you all not to feel sorry for me. Come on, <laughs> dudes. People care. What What you going to do? But oh, thank you for the love. I have to say that I got many a message going, you know what, Sam, I'm not offering you a solution, but I heard you were struggling you know, and it came in the form of WhatsApp messages with people who have my number or DMs and uh, emails. I really got a lot of love and support. And I have to say, for all my bitching about the village that doesn't exist, uh, the village showed up. And, <laughs> and I want to say thank you genuinely for just, I mean, as they say these days, just holding space for me and mm. mothers like me. And Charlene, thank you. Oh, as well. I think to thank. It's a pleasure. Charlene held my baby last week, guys, <laughs> while I finally got uh, waxed after <laughs> more than a year and had my nails, got my nails did. <laughs> so that was really nice and it, it, it helped. It does help. I did mention like it's sad that that's what self-care has come to. Yeah, but I mean, it, also if that is something that is pressing in and amongst everything else, you also don't get to just have your yeah. cook waxed you know <laughs> <laughs> then like I, I remember like being newly postpartum and the couple of months after that I'd get out of the shower or the bath and I just I'd stand and look at myself in the mirror <laughs> with this body that doesn't look like mine mm. that I wasn't all that in love with to begin with before being yeah. pregnant and then you've also still you're like not groomed and you're like 
I am a Neanderthal. Mm, this is just not It's when cool. I could start plaiting my underarm hairs that I was like, <laughs> let me just, I got given vouchers for Christmas and my birthday. And by the time April rolled around, I was like, no, this is, so thank you for holding space and holding my baby. Well, it's a pleasure. Um, and f- again, following on from our last episode, I have to say that I Googled postpartum depression because I've had, I mean, there are some severe downs and some you know then days that I wake up and I'm like cool I can do this and I get to five o'clock or I get to nine you get to 11 o'clock and you're like I thought I could do this yes it's that I mean every day kind of ebbs and flows it's not even it's not an ebb and flow it's a roller coaster that's Mm. how I'm feeling my life is and how I can handle things. Sometimes I have both kids and Ray walks into the house and everything's fine and jolly. And other times Ray walks into the house and I'm just ready to quit life. Mm, That's mm. just, it's, and we're all human. None of us are robots. So I think it depends on, on the day and it depends on my mood and it depends on how we all slept. How much sleep you've had, how how well you've slept. It's just one of those things. But I I really want to bring up, so I Googled postpartum depression and I'm very cynical at the moment and I have my doubts about articles that are online because Mm. I know what goes behind them. So I'm not saying, I'm not discounting the facts here, but just think in the year that was and is still postnatal depression and post so postnatal is after you it refers to after you've had the baby and postpartum kind of refers to you know they actually are two separate things Mm. but um so they're not they shouldn't be interchangeable but for the purposes of this discussion let's assume that they are in interchangeable terms postpartum depression symptoms might include insomnia intense irritability Anger, anxiety, guilt, hopelessness, loss of interest or pleasure in activity, mood swings or panic attacks, crying, irritability, restlessness. I won't say that I suffer from all of these, but when I look at the early warning signs, your baby blues don't get better. For me, it's like an up and a down. It's a roller coaster. Then they then they're better, and I'm like, cool. I'm, you know. But then Noah goes through a leap, and you hit a bad sleeping patch, and then. Maybe Elijah's a little bit more irritable because he's got a runny nose from picking it up at school, <laughs> yeah. and he he's irritable because he's not feeling well. You didn't sleep well. Baby's irritable, and then my baby blues come all the way back. Mm. Um, I hate baby blues. The term, though, mm. to be honest with you, it's like it's so much more than that. Can we please stop saying that? Um, sadness or guilt consume your thoughts. Well, you're a mom now, so guilt is hello. Yeah, and it's also like sleeplessness. Um, I have a baby have who a baby. wakes up throughout the night. Yeah, so one of the things are early warning signs of postpartum depression. Your sleep patterns have changed, and you've had big stressful changes in your life. You think? <laughs> I've uh, I have got a new human that came out of my body. Yeah, thanks. Weird Pretty big MD. change. Thanks. <laughs> For the heads up. Yeah. Um, you have trouble making decisions. Well, as you say, Charlene, that's me on a good day. <laughs> but that's only because you want your decision, the outcome of whatever you decide to be perfect, then it's not possible. You worry you won't be a good mom. Isn't that every mom? Didn't no. that start happening to you already while the baby was still in your belly? Obviously. And like sadness and depression. So I, I do get that it is very much, as I say, a sliding scale. If you're looking at 
COVID and the after effects, you're looking at the job loss, you just read the news, you will feel sad and you will at the same time feel guilty. Mm. It stands to reason. So does everybody I know right now has postpartum depression, if I'm honest? Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to um, be light about it because I'm not thinking about harming myself. I don't have thoughts of suicide. I don't have postpartum psychosis. So I am very much on top of it. But I do want to acknowledge that this... Uh, the online Dr. Google version of do I have postpartum depression doesn't even begin to scratch at the surface of what it feels like to be a postpartum mom. Yeah, it doesn't really, um, I would say, give it the the attention it deserves or, or it doesn't acknowledge mm. exactly what it is and what you're going through because – you know how we're talking about the new normal after COVID and everything's mm. always the new normal. Mm. Anything, it's all relative. So is what you're going through normal for where you're at right now? Or is it outside the scope of normal? And I don't really like using the term normal because people use it very loosely, you know. Um, or average or standard. Yes. Or, yeah. Because also who, who the hell is this authority that decides that? Right. And I think it's hard to... And I think the reason also why we're having this conversation is so that if whoever is listening, if you are in this place or you know someone who is in this place, you'll be the only one that can tell whether you feel like I'm not – like Sam is there now. And also from compared to giving her first, having her first baby to her second baby, what she's in now, she realizes this is just how it goes. This is just how it goes. I've been here before. Mm. But if you're a new mom and it's your first time having a baby and you feel like you do need the help or you don't feel normal or you don't feel like yourself, just know that to a degree you're not going to feel like yourself for the mm. next while. But don't discount the fact that you might be suffering so from I depression. So I definitely think, I mean, I, I have help. I've got um, close friends uh, who know what I'm going through who help in a big way but at the same time I have a therapist that I see monthly and I know when I'm taking a dip I will make that appointment with her and I don't have a standard monthly appointment I need to make an appointment with her and it it happens at least once a month mm. sometimes more often so know that I am I mean in all honesty I I am very much on top of how I'm feeling and if should the time come for me to be on antidepressants again then yeah. I then I definitely will um, but it's easy for people nowadays to just point at a new mom and say, maybe you should consider going on to something. No, why? Because you don't like the fact that I'm struggling. Does it not look nice to you? Yeah, should does, I always does be happy not because I have a baby? Because yeah. some days you're allowed to say, it's this idea of that it gets instilled in new moms um, and I don't know where we get it from, but you I have felt to have it. your shit together. You have to have. You have to look like you have your shit together. Otherwise, you're a bad mom, or there's something wrong with you, or you're not grateful for you're not having grateful this for, new quote unquote bundle of joy. Yes. It's hard, and we're here to just say that. And I will continue to deflect from any real emotion, Charlene, with inappropriate humor, <laughs> as one does. So well, don't mind how me. we do it around here. <laughs> so and it works for us. So we're continuing on. <laughs> don't mind me, everybody. How are you, Charlene? I'm good. Nothing really new to report, mm -hmm. um, other than the fact that I've just found out that I also suffer from postpartum depression. Exactly. Yeah, you <laughs> have all of these symptoms Dr. except for Google. a few. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, I too don't want to harm myself. Uh, do I sometimes have fits of rage and feel like I want to harm others? Maybe I need anger management pills. Maybe we all freaking do. Maybe uh, we gosh. all do. Yeah, there's nothing really to report on my front. Um, we've had birthdays, a lot of birthdays happening, and we're going to the coast um, in about a week's time, which I'm really looking forward to. And yeah, the kids make me equally proud and infuriated uh, from one moment to the next. So that's what's happening in um, Casa Armstrong. So motherhood, <laughs> yes. in other words. Yes. Well, I'm glad there's nothing bad to report unnecessarily and that you are, you know, doing well for the most part in addition to your postpartum depression. <laughs> um, so Charlene. So Sam. Mother's Day is coming up. Indeed it is. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Bicycles, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a blast from the past. You know, <laughs> I was never a, a, a Tola van Amarva. I don't know if any Afrikaans listeners know Tola van Amarva, but he used to talk about the <laughs> Timmy sisters. Timmy as in time, <laughs> the spice <laughs> time. <laughs> spice girls. And so what are you saying? You were never... Oh, I was never a fan of the Dimmy Sisters, is what I wanted to say. <laughs> but then I had to explain Dimmy Sisters <laughs> before I could make the joke. So it kind of fell flat. Just get out. Right I, now. Just get out. <laughs> I was never the biggest fan, but my sister was what? a total, total Spice Girl fan. She probably put her head into pigtails. <laughs> For sure. And, and she was totally into those shoes. So about the song. It's a beautiful song, but I feel like it needs a remix from the mother's perspective. So if you'll allow me. <laughs> <laughs> of course I will, Sam. Okay. I made you with my body and now I'll never be free. <laughs> I love you, but would you just let me pee? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Do you think I should carry pee. on? <laughs> How many syllables can we squeeze into the word pee? pee? <laughs> Billy Joel, step aside. <laughs> um, yeah. Mother's Day is coming up. And that song always comes up in like, you know, adverts and in, you know, people's social media and they're like, oh, mama. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, now that I am a mama. Mama, <laughs> I love you. I don't know if I ever loved my mom like that. <laughs> I love you, mom, but like, you're the Spice Girls. Like, really love them. Also, I wasn't like bad, so I've got nothing to apologize for. I did everything by the book, so I didn't relate to that song. Beautiful song, though. Um, wait, wait for my remix to come out. What we are here for, though, is Mother's Day. What are your thoughts on Mother's Day, Charlene? Well, I guess 
I've got mixed emotions because for the longest time, all I wanted to be was a mom and um, everyone else got their kind of in my surroundings before me. So both my siblings were parents before me, even though one of them was way younger than me. And I remember having to, not having to always, but always trying to make Mother's Day special for everyone, my sister-in-law, my, while they were still in South Africa, my sister, my mom, my gran. And then, you know. I mean, you had middle child syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> to boot. Yeah. So then um, I'd have these like Mother's Day breakfasts or we'd get together for Mother's Day and people would exchange gifts and I would buy gifts for Mother's Day for my sister, my mom, my gran. And I was really the only doers that didn't get a present. <laughs> it was not nice. And I mean, as a middle child, uh, you hate being excluded. I absolutely, yes. to this day, I'm a grown ass woman. I'm almost 40 years old. And if something, even in a social gathering or among our friends, it seems like I was excluded, I've, I have if to the talk talking to my, circle puts their shoulders. I have in to your talk face. to my therapist about it because I'm like, <laughs> why can't I be one of the cool kids? Like, mm. I love everyone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is why our friendship works because you just want to be friends with everyone. Yeah. I never feel excluded. <laughs> so I guess Mother's Day. For me, for the longest time, I was so excited. I was like, I can't wait until it's my turn to be part of this little in-group. And it was kind of like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> not really, because Rhett made a lot of effort with our first Mother's Day. Um, but I think we have, Mother's Day and I, we have a little bit of a love-hate relationship, if I have to put it Oh, bluntly. 100%. <laughs> I totally get it. I So my first Mother's Day requires a bit of background. When, when Ray and I first started dating... I told him, you know, I was a up and coming feminist. <laughs> up and coming feminist. I didn't even know, like, I I didn't even know what it meant. But my mom was very like, women need to do it for themselves, and that's how I grew up. You know, uh, we grew up in very much a female headed household. I mean, my dad's there, and my parents are still married, but my mom was the boss. Well, she obviously decided I'm raising strong girls because that's what hundred percent, yes. and she did. And so when Ray and I started dating, and he started to try be chivalrous, I gave backlash. Do not open the car door for me. Do not you pull out the so chair for me. Yeah, heavens. And not that that defines feminism. Mm. But I mean, I was for young. you. That, I was for 15, you. That was 16, I, I can do so. this. I'm not pathetic. Yeah, I can excuse do this. me. Yeah. I please. Don't um, insult me. <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater and out went any kind of romance. And Ray was like, chill, this is cool, this chick's fine. Nice, no pressure. Yeah. And that's why we've done away with Valentine's Day. Till we had kids who enjoyed kind of celebrating and making little hearts and stuff. We did away with Valentine's Day because so many Valentine's Days, he would just disappoint me. And I'd go and get him gifts and stuff. And then he'd be like, but we... You said we're not doing this. You said you didn't want me to be chivalrous. Like, so, so no, I'm not. Should I or should I not? <laughs> so um, same thing happened come Mother's Day. And, and to add to that, I always bitched about Mother's Day before I became a mother. S same way that I bitch about mm, Women's Day when, when people go for manicures. Mm, Instead of mm. remembering 
the march to the union building the real reason you know, behind this thing i get ragey about that and similarly i got ragey about mother's day and i was like every day should be mother's day just like every day should be valentine's day no, we should just appreciate mom's every day no, this is just a hallmark holiday that retailers bank on and this is so ridiculous and you know my cynicism rearing its ugly head and then and my poor mom shame you know i would if someone organized a lunch or a something then i would go and you know i'd bring the flowers or i'd i'd arrange like it got very easy to do mother's day to be fair once i had kids because then i could just give them a grandkid related gift but i i still bitched about it before i became a parent then when i became a parent raided nothing like your first, first mother's day, mother's day. And obviously it comes before Father's Day. I had already planned and ordered his Father's Day gift. Because it's the first one. Mm. Mm. And so I'm like lying and he gets up with Elijah and eventually they come and wake me up. And I'm, ex- you, know, I'm you know, you get yourself excited and you get expect- expectant and nothing came. And I was like, did you book to go somewhere or... Did you have Elijah do a handprint or anything? Anything, literally like anything. Anything. A, f- a beauty, f- beautifully framed photo of me and Elijah lying on my chest while mm. we were in a hospital mm. or while I was trying to feed mm. him because he was in ICU, <laughs> neonatal no, ICU. No, no, none of those grand ideas. And um, when I realized, I, s- I asked him, "Did you just do nothing?" And he said, "No, I haven't planned anything." And I just went to the bathroom, poured myself a bath. Drew myself a bath is the correct English. Exactly. I drew myself a bath and lay there and simmered. <laughs> In your own furiousness. And all the restaurants were booked up and he hustled to, we went, I remember we went to Rosebank and we went to Pizza Vino and I at least got a free champagne there because I was a mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shame the poor man, he can do nothing right and he really didn't. And so and every he, mother's I feel like he was since, set up a bit there for failure. He set him up. But that, and then I spoke to my mom about it, and I like tried to reason and say, yeah, but when we became older, then it becomes silly. But when you're a new mom and it's your first one, and you have, you know, kids and they're younger, then every mom, however, whether your kids are in their thirties or whether your kids are three, you you want to be appreciated. Mm. And so I kind of had to swallow my pride and be like, sorry, mom, I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think back on. On, I'm very grateful that part of Rhett's love languages is, or his love language is not gifts. Rhett does not rate gifts anywhere on the on the radar of needing to count for anything. Although not receiving gifts, giving gifts he absolutely loves. It, for him, giving is what gives him more joy than than receiving gifts. Like, hmm. I is the most difficult person to buy gifts for. So if I think about my first Mother's Day, he took me out for breakfast. He bought me um, a beautiful gift and a beautiful card, and he got me flowers, and we appreciate you, and he even wrote in the card as though Josh wrote me a message, a little message from Josh. And it was really, he was a baby, and he was like, I bought this with my pocket money, Mom. And it was it was oh, really cute. cute. Yeah. So he made, it was a really nice gesture, and he took me to breakfast by myself, and we had some champagne and just us and our little baby. And then after that, we did lunch with all the other moms. The my mom and Did my you grand need to and organize my, that. No, wow. So it was for me 
my first Mother's Day is a very happy, very special memory. And he knew how I felt about Mother's Day leading up to it. So I've, he especially he had a planned good it. Backstory, yes, yeah. so that I would have my own moment as just Joshua's mom that he and Rhett appreciates before my Mother's Day melts into everyone else's Mother's Day again, just for the first one at very least, mm. you know. So that was very happy, but I uh, it was a very happy memory. And I think now, on <laughs> you telling me this story, mm-hmm. how disappointed Rhett must have been with his <laughs> first Father's Day because I literally, I was battling still. Josh was still small and I was battling with breastfeeding. So I wasn't really in a space where I was able to make a real plan with a Father's Day gift and I just bought him a willy washing soap on the rope. <laughs> no, you didn't. From a gift shop. Which is, I wrote him a beautiful card and a beautiful message, but the gift was so stupid. It is literally like soap shaped like a donut that has a hole in the middle. It's got, so, it's got a rope. Like, you know, your Did normal. Did he use it? No, he didn't. <laughs> it's more like one of those things you put in your bar kind of thing. But I thought it was hilarious at the time because soap on a rope and socks and underpants is very it's much a quintessential, quintessential Father's Day gift. gift. Yeah. I just got <laughs> oh god i'm embarrassed thinking about it now but yeah so his card was beautiful and luckily he doesn't mind he's not one for gifts well, so. ray has yet to use his first father's day gift. what did you get him I, I had a t-shirt made with like a road map on the back and uh, on the front it said first father's day or father's day 2017 something like that to commemorate the dates and in the back it had this like roadmap that kids would ride their cars on and then I got hot little Hot Wheels Star Wars Hot Wheels like a Chewbacca and a um his partner Han Solo oh Han Solo Chewbacca and Han Solo little Hot Wheels cars and uh, it's for when your kids get a bit obviously Elijah was six seven months and so he was a bit young but now he could definitely use it and the thing like is a little the car race track. yeah so the dad wears it it's a very pinteresty yes gift. dad wears it and then the kid rides his cars on the dad's back and it can be quite like a that's little, very a little bit of a and it's also massage. a nice keepsake it's very nice i doubt ray even knows where that t-shirt is he's not a gifts person in that way either and yeah. he's not sentimental whatsoever You've, that must be difficult because you're really good at giving gifts yeah so i've come to the practical mentality that he has i've assimilated into giving gifts to him so every father's day this isn't a Father's Day episode, though. It is a Mother's Day episode. But every Father's Day, I give him new slippers for winter because we're heading into winter in South Africa. Same thing. Because he eats through those slippers throughout the course of the year. Yes. So he's due so very soon for he gets an, a new pair. And that's it. And he's quite happy with that. And we all know that that's what we get him. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. However, mothers and women are a little bit more tricky mm. to please so, like with parenting in general, there's a push-pull. Yes, it's a dumb holiday. But God help my family if they don't do the things I want. And I said to Ray that first Mother's Day, do you know how special I felt when the school, and thank you schools for doing this, when schools do little Mother's Day teas and send mm. homemade cards home with the kids that are, you know, Mother's Day appropriate, that is so nice to have your little thumbprint made in a bouquet and stuff like that. 
that is really special. Here's a kicker, sorry to interrupt you. So I also don't get to enjoy the Mother's Day breakfasts and teas because my in-laws at school, my in-laws have timeshare in Durban oh, every year the week before Mother's Day. So the Friday so before that's where you're going. the Sunday on Mother's Day, I am away from Johannesburg. And so my children are not at school and I am not at school. I'm not in Johannesburg. So I come back the next week and then... The teachers made like a little Mother's Day thing to give to me <laughs> from my kids who weren't at school. <laughs> nice. You should ask them to do it ahead of time. Like, I'll pay you. I just want that little homemade something that they're going to give me. Please do it ahead of time. Because those little things are super cute. The the things they made themselves, it's the so shitty thoughtful. painted. Yeah. And I told Ray, if there's a mug that says I'm the world's best mom and it's like got... It's been painted really shabbily by my toddler. I will use that mug every flipping day for the rest of my life. That's where I'm at. Because what do mothers really want? They want that acknowledgement, you know? Exactly. But what else do we want? We want time. Mm. We want space. We want wine. We want Netflix. We want junk food. We want love. We want time off. <laughs> time off. It's very difficult to tell an excited little person Yes. that... You know, you want... Let's leave mom alone today. Let's give her a break and you on know, when, Mother's Day. When Ray sees that I need some space or when I ask for that space, then he says that to Elijah, let's you know, give, give mom, mom a break. Let's give mom a break. And Elijah becomes incredibly worried about me. Same and with my kids. Eventually he's like, Mommy, are you feeling better now? Are you okay? Mm. And how do you explain to the kid, I just wanted space from you. Yeah, I just didn't want to be around you for a little so bit. So I have energy for you yes. again. Now I, I think I can love you, love you love again. You again. You know? <laughs> exactly. So it is tricky and just know um, dads and partners. We don't know what we want. That's the thing. We don't always know what we want. And it's going to change from year to year. Mm. I know what my mom always says is it's, it is a lot easier to enjoy and to appreciate uh, Mother's Day and holidays like it and birthdays when you're a mom, when your kids are younger, because, but younger but older. W my brother and I used to wake up, quote unquote, early before our parents, and we used to go into the kitchen and we used to make my parents breakfast in bed, or whichever we used to parent do that as well. Was. Yes. And we used to put the, you know, and it used to be so terrible, probably the worst, but my mom's Burnt fondest and Well, top this, we used to put the cornflakes, my mom doesn't even eat cornflakes. We used to put the cornflakes, this big one kilo thing on a tray <laughs> <laughs> with the milk and, you know, the milk jug. Not even like, we didn't even decant it into a pretty milk jug. We just put the like clover two liter bottle on a tray <laughs> with it. Thanks, and clover. then one of us would go get would go get a flower outside and we'd be so proud. Yeah, mom, make your own cereal. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously my... Parents could hear us rustling in the kitchen. And that must have been, I can imagine that that's the fondest memories mm. that, you know, our moms have of us. So I think the trick is, yeah, as women, we need to lean into where we are. Read the room for a little bit mm. and uh, think about what your spouse or your partner, or in our case, what your mom might need in that instance. Um, so that, that brings me to how I've been feeling a bit. I do, I mean, postpartum talk, uh, in addition to everything, I do feel like I've been a bit more of a a Debbie Downer 
which says a lot because we always talk about us being Debbie Downers. Sorry for a woman <laughs> called Debbie also. I'm sorry, Debs. <laughs> you, you and Susan and Karen got lumped the same raw deal. <laughs> but you know, okay, so you know how when you are feeling this way um, and there is like a lot of, you know, positive – positive patricias around yes huh? positive patricias around that you kind of don't relate to but you know how then you need to kind of talk to a f- you're feeling a certain way like i'm feeling ambivalent about mother's day mm-hmm. or parenting in general you know i'm having a hard time but i rest assured my six-month-old who's giving me all the the hormonal grief that i'm going through right now brings me a lot of joy that kid um so sometimes there's, there's just a lot of mixed emotions it's a mixed bag it's a lot more complicated than just black and white web MD solutions mm-hmm. to to the world. But you know, so you know when you talk to a friend or you read a quote or you can watch a show and your feelings just not only are they validated but they're shared. Yes. Right? Or someone puts into words or somehow expresses how you've been feeling and you're like that's it. You can like I just you're you're saying what I'm feeling. You're saying what I'm feeling, and but you're I doing just, it so much I, I wasn't better than able I could to get yeah. the words out. Well, that's how I feel uh, every time I come across the work of today's guest, who I think might also understand where we're coming from when it comes to Mother's Day and motherhood in general. To be honest, our guest today has nailed the ambivalence of motherhood with one critic stating that she's perfectly captured the parenting pendulum. <laughs> Polly Dunbar is an author, illustrator and mom whose work you will have seen in several children's picture books like The Hug, While We Can't Hug, A Lion is a Lion, Red, Red, Red and bestseller Penguin amongst Many others. Many others is right. When it comes to children's picture books, this lady knows her stuff. But what if we told you that Polly's also crept into the mind of the every mother and we are here for it? Yeah, that's right. Polly has just published her first book for adults titled Hello Mum and she is on the line to chat with us about it now. Welcome, Welcome Polly. Polly. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for such a lovely introduction. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank but, you for having me on your podcast too. Polly, I have great. to tell you, I have um, in the same place that I ordered your book from, I have wishlisted, actually not wishlisted, let me just be honest, I've put it in my cart, I'm waiting to fill my cart and I've got Red 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 on there and I've got Penguin on there, the anniversary edition and I'm just so excited to get stuck into more of your material. But uh, let's first introduce our listeners to you as a mom Um, and we want to ask you what we ask all our guests and that's who calls you mom or mum? So yeah, I have... Two boys, uh, one called Cody, and he's three years old, and an older one called Sonny, and he's six. Um, both of them, Cody's about to turn four, and Sonny's about to turn seven, so they're just, yeah, getting that, just coming out of the baby stage, really. Um, and, yeah, then just under three years apart, they get on sometimes and not other times. <laughs> so now my boys are four years apart and it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what the dynamic is going to be between them because I have no idea yet with a baby and a, a toddler, you kind of never know how it's going to pan out. So I think it's going to be a little bit of that, a little bit of a love-hate <laughs> relationship at first. Yeah, um, it's taken a while Pol- for them. They are in a stage now where they play together, which is, which they play together and fight together, 
but they do have a connection and that's really nice <laughs> to get there. And you kind of want to be like, well, listen, this is why I had you, dude, so that you <laughs> yeah. could, yeah, you so could be mates. <laughs> problem is, they play together, but they still always want me to play with them. And I was like, look, you've got a great game. You don't need me. I can just go and have a cup of tea. No, mum, we need you too. <laughs> so, <laughs> The three of us at the moment, but um, I try and get them set up and then edge out. Literally. Yeah, you kind of just like sneak out of the room. I do the same thing. Let's <laughs> yeah. listen out for um, shouting and uh, think for the, hope for the best. So, yeah. So, Polly, on today's show, we are chatting about Mother's Day. You guys in the UK have your Mother's Day in March. And yeah. so you've already, you've already been through what we're going through and we, we're feeling quite ambivalent about the whole day we don't know where we really stand but on this show we allow ourselves to kind of feel everything all at once be pissed off about something but at the same time be rooting for it so (laughs) we want to know what your thoughts are on mother's day do you have any stories or some sage advice because i know that you're full of sage advice (laughs) (laughs) or wisdom and insight into motherhood let me put it that way i I don't think i have advice i have um uh, experience of of how I feel about things so um yeah when you said you'll be talking about Mother's Day I thought right what I sat down and thought what is it how do I feel about Mother's Day what do I want and um I've got this mug uh that I was given on my first Mother's Day and it's such a, it's it's rather naff and it's rather cliched and it says um what does it say? You're the best mum ever on one side. And then on the other side, it's mum fuel. So like, you know, you put your coffee in there and that keeps you going. And <laughs> I actually, um, I just, I love this mug, you know, because I felt um, appreciated. And I think your first Mother's Day, that's what you, I, you know, before, I, before I had children, I just had an image of Mother's Day with flowers and chocolates and nice walks in the sunshine and all that stuff. And I felt like, well, yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't really interest me much. I always remember to send my mum a um, card or a present. But for me, I wasn't really thinking it was ever going to be a big deal. And then when it came round to Mother's Day, and I was absolutely exhausted, I really did feel like I needed some sort of form of being appreciated. <laughs> so, you know, you think, oh, all the flowers and all this and the mug, it's all a bit naff. But actually, when I got this mug, I was like, I am the best mum in the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I really did think, thank you. This has been acknowledged. Um, however, in, in such a naff way, but it's still... I get up at four in the morning and have it. And then I'm thinking, hang on a minute. What do I want more than a mug that says um, you're the best mum ever and mum feel? I actually I want more sleep rather than more coffee. And that's not something you can ask for on Mother's Day because it's not as simple as that, is it? No, you exactly. Can't say, you can't say I'll have a lion today because if you've been getting up at four o'clock for the last five years, you can't have a light. <laughs> <No>. Also, <laughs> I, find, I find your kids are so excited to spend your special day with you that exactly. when they're so little still, maybe when they become like preteens and teenagers, they'll be like, listen, this is easy. We just give mom the day off. But when they're yeah. so little, they're so excited to 
to give you a card and to to do special things for you. So it's not exactly like you can just relax. Yeah, what a letdown for them. It's Mother's Day and then you just don't want to be a mum on that day. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in bed with my cup, my cup of coffee this morning. No, it doesn't. You just, it doesn't work like that. You can't change the whole sort of dynamic of who you are and how you look after the children for one day. Uh, you can have a little bit of a, you can have a bath that's, you know, it's not going to change the world. But I think for me, it's nice to be acknowledged and appreciated. So, yeah, husbands, dads, buy the card, buy the flowers, do the naff thing. It does make a difference because it's, for me, it's not just about, um, not a commercial thing. You can, you know, get the kids to draw a card, do a handprint, you know, just something to say, mm-hmm. I see you. <laughs> you know, just something to say, you are, you're being acknowledged um and I think it's not even for me it's like not even say oh you should ask for this you should ask for more sleep and more time and and whatever it's it's I hate that sort of feeling like you should demand this it's actually what I find more soothing is just being understood saying you know if you say I feel tired and um people understanding that you feel tired rather than giving you advice about how not to feel tired yes. <laughs> you know rather than, you know rather than you must tell your husband to do this or you must go and have a nap now and I, I can't just go and have a nap I can't sleep it's just you know sort of understanding sympathy and acknowledgement is I think what um for me what makes me happy not just on Mother's Day but um yeah, I guess. <laughs> literally just Sam and I often discuss that. Like, it's not that I want you to do any, I mean, there's a lot that I want you to do differently or want <laughs> you to do for me. But if, if, if my husband had just arrived on the day at home and saw that I was having a difficult time and said, you know what, I don't know how you do this. This is literally the hardest job in the world. And I see you, you're, you're doing yes, great okay. at it. See you. You're doing great. Yes. Yeah, that that is that's enough. And then you cry and go. Thank you. Thanks. I love you so much. And thanks for understanding. Yeah. And then and then it's almost as if you have a little bit more energy to just carry on doing the same shit you've yeah. been struggling with. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, I do find that advice of like you should be, you know, you have to be selfish and you have to say, you know, you have to draw your own barriers and say, I need this and this, these are my needs. This is how much, and you have to do all that. But if somebody's telling that you that you must demand that and you're not, that makes you feel even worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just feel, you just feel like, yeah, just just a pat on the back and say, well done, because you, you know, sometimes you can't just. stand up for yourself and say I need more sleep because it doesn't work like that does it no it doesn't doesn't work like that yeah and it seems simple to an outsider but in reality you cannot just escape those things that feel like they're drowning you on the daily you're feeling like you're being drowned by them you can't just wish them away or for one day have all of that taken away from you even though that's how you would love to have it be but then I find myself always feeling like I also, like, it's awful. It's Mother's Day. If you could just take the kids to your (laughs) mother-in-law or to my mother-in-law for the day so I can just be by myself for the day. But then I would miss them. I'd want to spend my Mother's Day with them. So what do I actually bloody well want? (laughs) 
yeah, it's hard. It's hard for it's hard for us. It's hard for them. Mm. As you say, you have to sort of. I guess you have to spell it out as well, don't you? But what gets me about my other half? He's just stop banging on about Father's Day. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hang on, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's Father's Day. It's not about Father's Day. Like, well, what am I going to get? What am I going to do? I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, Pali, it's really nice to have sort of a compatriot in arms um, who also wants to kill her husband from time to time <laughs> and who also feels all of these feels. I mean, this this is my new favourite thing. I I have cried and I have laughed and I've shown my husband and I've texted Charlene and I've actually had um, male friends calling me and being like, okay, what do I get my wife for her birthday and for Mother's Day? And I've gone, this book, order it now so it gets there in time. I I love it. Hello, mum is your, uh, uh, for the listeners who, who weren't able to see that I was holding up a copy of Polly's new book, called Hello Mum. But how we know Polly and how we've come to know Polly is uh, through her work in children's literature and picture books. So I want to begin there uh, with you kind of explaining to us how did that all begin? Because I'm fascinated by the world of children's authors and illustrators. It's not something that your parents go, oh, would you like to be this? So I'm curious to know how you got into that. Ah, well, I am lucky, I guess, because my mum is a children's author also. So maybe she is one of those, the one people that you ah. say to me, well, they didn't say to me, but I grew up with it. So You were um, exposed to it. Yes, so listeners, um, Polly's mum is Joyce Dunbar, the children's book writer. Is she also an illustrator? No, she's not. So I always think of myself first and foremost, as a children's book illustrator and she um, is a author but doesn't draw so she's always joked in the past that you know she sort of grew her own illustrator <laughs> <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah yeah um but I guess when I was um I was brought up around it and I never thought I wanted to be an author um I actually quite dyslexic and so didn't feel like writing was that my sort of thing I'm much more of a visual person um so uh, yeah, I went to art school um, in Brighton, which is a, a very arty town by the coast in the UK. And I studied illustration and not necessarily to do children's books. I actually wanted to be a painter and do great big, great big paintings. And um, I sort of move away. Maybe I think when you're young, you kind of don't want to follow in your parents' footsteps exactly. Do um, sort of break free and do my own thing. But that wasn't to be. <laughs> Um, and I'm really glad because I um, I never grew out of picture books. I just love them. I don't think I don't think they're just for children. You know, they're just for me. They're just always they're always there, and they never went away. I never sort of I, I never stepped up into anything else. Um, and I think even this um, Hello Mum book is a picture book, really, isn't it? It's it's um, aimed at grown ups, and but. It seems to appeal to it appeals to my six year old. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a sort of very long extended picture book which has different levels. I think work for the children and for for grown ups. So yeah, I did my um I did my degree in illustration, and then I was lucky that when um when people come around, the publishers come around, and they spotted me and they invited me in, and then I started working. So I was um 
I was extremely lucky to be spotted so soon and I felt very happy because I wasn't my mum didn't get me in there <laughs> I got in there on my own uh, on my you, own mm, um, steam and your own yeah, your own efforts that's right and yeah I started off doing a lot of books that I didn't particularly want to be doing like the black and white drawings for um educational books and stuff nothing bad but just you know I wanted to be writing my own stories and um I did yeah I started I think it was my early 20s but my first six books published I'm just carrying on ever since <laughs> so I'd like to chat about one of your your best love children's books and that's Penguin I, I, I want to fill our audience in in case they don't know about Penguin Penguin has won Numerous awards, including the Book Trust Yearly uh, Early Years Awards in 2007. We all recognised the Nestle Silver Children's Book Prize, the Practical Preschool Award 2007, the Red House Children's Book of the Year Award, and of course you were shortlisted for the Kate Greenaway Medal. I love the backstory to Penguin. Don't you want to share with our audience? Um, Penguin was, I guess, I was my breakthrough book maybe I'd been doing books for quite a few years um well not that many maybe three years and um felt like a long time and and I think Penguin was the first one that just caught people's attention um both parents and and um and grown-ups and it's um it's about uh it's about a little boy and a stuffed penguin well we don't know if it's a toy penguin or a real penguin but the boy is getting very very stressed frustrated and emotional um and the penguin won't respond and it's a it's a funny story it's quite surreal there's a blue lion in there that um eats the boy for being too noisy um it's very odd it's but it, what it's done, it's sort of tapped into things and I don't know where when I write I don't know what I'm gonna write I don't have a a moral or a message I just write see what comes out and try and make, 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 make myself laugh and Penguin made me laugh um, and, but afterwards it was it was a book that um, not only surprised people and made them laugh but it resonated with people in a way that I wasn't expecting um, and that's been something that I've thought about a lot since and because I don't know whether you know but I wear hearing aids um, and my mum is profoundly deaf um and so the book is all about communication a lot of children who have delayed speech or have hearing problems or maybe autism uh speech delay in one form or another really really related to this book um which came as a huge surprise and over the years it's it must be about 13 years old now i've had letters from from parents saying that their child who hasn't spoken a word just is obsessed with this book and loves it and carries it around and wants to be read every night and that's meant so much to me and it makes me you know when you write you sort of look back and think did I was there something in me about being deaf and knowing about different forms of people that I was writing in that I don't know but you kind of hope that if you write from in here from the heart that some sort of true thing will filter out even if you're not planning for it to do. And I think in that book, Penguin, it was, you know, it was felt like I said something. Penguin said everything, and I said something. <laughs> <laughs> I said something that sort of people got and understood. So it's a very silly story, but there's some sort of core there that, um, that um, yeah, as I say, resonates 
in a special way. So I've been lucky. Yeah, Penguin was a, was a really big one for me. It did completely throw me, though, because after that, people, publishers, everyone just wanted another book like Penguin. I didn't write one like that. Again. Oh, Patricia, <laughs> I'm sure. Mm, so I just stopped. I felt I had complete writer's block, actually, for a long time after that, because I'd be writing a story and I'd be like, oh, this doesn't have what Penguin, this mm. doesn't have what Penguin has. And you just, you know, you just um, disregard it and uh, screw it up and start again. And so that was actually, it's, you know, it's a sort of success, but actually these things can um, be... Um, a bit crushing sometimes, you know, it's very comfortable, I can't do it again, I can't do it again, but you can, you know, you just have to do it differently, don't you, you just have to keep moving on and do do a different book, say something else, hopefully. It stands to reason why your novels have, or why your picture books, should I say, have such an impact, because there is so much heart behind them, and I have to say, I want to chat a bit about your collaborations with your mom, Joyce, and with Owen McLaughlin, um, we would know his book because that did the rounds during our lockdown, the the book that you did called The Hug with him. You illustrated that and um, Why We Can't Hug, which was a really nice lockdown edition. And as parents, we have to thank you for, for adding that to sort of our libraries because it was really difficult. It was so difficult. So you have so many collaborations, though, including with your mom, the first book, that you did with your mom was Shoe Baby and then with Owen McLaughlin. Do you have any, I suppose I can't ask you to choose your uh, over your mom as favourites, but do you have any collaborations that you've done that are close to your heart or any favourite book of yours, should I say? Um, well, yes, doing the Shoe Baby book with mom was uh, a lovely thing because as I said before, I'd sort of come, I'd done my own, a few of my own books, I'd done my own thing, I'd sort of established myself as not just my mum's daughter um and then it was time to do a book together uh and because she kind of knew all the things that I like to draw she managed to sort of come up with a really lovely rhyming fun book with uh kings and queens and polka dot handkerchiefs and just just so much fun um so it was like the right book at the right time and it's not only a special book because because it was our first collaboration but um me and my friend Catherine Morton made it into a puppet show uh, and that became the first show about puppet company Long Nose Puppets so this this sort of one book became I don't know how many years ago now 15 years ago we made it into a puppet show it became a whole puppet company it was like a, a catalyst for so much joy <laughs> um, and I think there's a there's a rawness to the book that is um, the rawness to that very first puppet show that is very hard to repeat because mm. I was we were starting out as puppeteers I was starting still early on in my illustration career it's not polished but you know it's got that magic that you just however you know however more professional and however much you learn you can't you can't it's hard to get back to that place <laughs> so I wanted to chat about long nose puppets um You've had, including shoe, in, in addition to Shoe Baby, should I say, you've had you've um, had su- many successful adaptations of your books. Fly Away Katie, you did. You did Penguin. You did Arthur's Dream Boat. Um, and that was also a while before you became a parent. So as you say, picture books have never quite left you or your heart. I'd like to know, yeah. once you had children, if that creative spark or your creative process changed in any way 
Yes. So you've done good research, by the way. Well done. <laughs> you know, all the puppet shows. <laughs> I forget how many we've done. Um, so, yeah, so the puppet shows were, for me, a great, because I was made the puppets and went on tour and I was a rubbish puppeteer. Um, but those things were all so... A rubbish puppeteer. <laughs> I was terrible. I, like, I'm no rhythm. I just absolutely had no idea we now employ proper puppeteers who are you know actors and have musical talent and I was just luckily I could hide <laughs> <laughs> it was great because I didn't have kids and I, it was like being in a band you know it's, being an illustrator is quite solitary and where was this I could get in a van with my mates and we'd travel around the country and we'd you know stay in random places and have just a really good time um so for me, it was a sort of sense of life force, but also it, I got to meet children. And before that, I didn't know any children. I was sort of at that stage in life when my friends weren't of that age or they were having children. So I get, I got to be in the puppet booth and there'd be an audience there. And you know, you get to, you get to feed off that audience and understand what makes children laugh. And then we'd always do a meet the puppets afterwards and, um, just chat to the kids and we always used to say they were, the kids are normally either kissers or biffers so they'd either give up the puppet to kiss or they'd punch them <laughs> we'd put these children into categories <laughs> but I you know I was learning about that all the time and I was just it was great inspiration for my for my books basically they all it all fed back in so although I wasn't a parent I was always you know I've always been fascinated by childhood and children and the magic of it all and I don't think you need to be a um, mom to appreciate that. Um, I mean, I was a much, I didn't have my first child until I was 36. I was much, you know, I came to being a mom much later than a lot of my friends were 10 years earlier. Um, and people just assumed I'd have children because I wrote children's books. And I just was like, you don't have to, you know, it doesn't, I was a child. I remember being a child, you know, I've got still got an imagination. It's not, you don't have to be a mum to, to understand all that. Um, but the question you asked is having, being a mum, has it changed things? And yes, it has in terms of giving me a new lease of life. I think I was getting a bit tired or a bit, I like I've run out of, I've been doing it for many years and I needed something different. And I guess I was feeling a bit, maybe I spent my whole life sat at home apart from the puppeteers, puppeteering. Um, I needed something more input to be creative. That's not why I had children, but <laughs> I mean, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, inspire me guys, inspire me. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was more like I was coming, I felt I was coming to a natural sort of, end I was like just can't feeling a bit flat I guess but what they did for me my children I have all these books I collected I've still got my books from when I was a child I get to read them again and see my children respond to them and understand how magic children's books are and I guess what it gave me is it gave me sort of that gift of appreciation of what a lucky job I have and how important books are and how sort of life-changing they can be for children. I mean, I'm not talking about my books. I'm talking about, they don't really like my books. <laughs> We're reading other books that have been my favourite and seeing them just 
you know, not reading them in a technical way, thinking, oh, how many page turns and how have they got that effect, but just seeing how my children are, you know, engrossed. And I was like, yeah, this is my job. Aren't I lucky? I, I've got to make books as best as I can. I've got to make them, you know, for these new people that have arrived. I've, and it gave me that sort of new burst of enthusiasm. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it really well for them, for my children. And, you know, they deserve the best. And on a practical front, I thought, I'm really, really lucky to have a job where I don't have to go to London and spend all day, you know, and then commute back. Commute for two hours child. there, two hours back, and that whole That's right. worry so about childcare. Yeah. My pregnancy group, they were in Brighton, it was just by the coast near London. They were, you know, they had their six months and they were off. And I was like, gosh, I'm so lucky I can do this at nap time. I can be there for my children and I can um, take, the, take over the work. So, it, yeah, it's, um, so I didn't have them to, to, to give me inspiration, give me ideas, but they just, I guess gave me a new love for it. And also, when you're pressured for time, I don't know how you feel, how you feel about that. You get so much more done. Uh, so <laughs> I can do. I can what, you relate. Know, I, can... I can relate. <laughs> Polly, I, I, mean, I wanted sorry. to ask you. Um, I was interested in in you saying that your kids don't uh, aren't aren't really interested in your books, which is hilarious to me because I also have such a love for for children's picture books, and my four year old is not interested in what I want him to be interested in. So I'm curious what your kids are reading nonstop. Oh, um, I know it's funny, isn't it? You just you have to have a thick skin, especially if it's your book, and they're like, "Oh, not that one." No, I don't want that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, my um, my eldest loves uh, Dogman comics, um, and. Are your are your kids of that age yet? They're maybe a bit too. No, I think they're a little bit too young still. Um, they are brilliant, actually. They are really brilliant, and I am loving entering into a whole new sort of genre of uh, older pictures, kids books. I, you know, I haven't read. I've been stuck in the picture books, and now um, he's sort of pulling me out and opening up my world a bit. So um, he loves comics and anything sort of cartoon cartoon like so we're just yeah taking all that in and sharing stuff and I'm reading the old classics like the old dials to him as well and um my littlest he likes and you know he likes some um, non-fiction <laughs> you know like yeah my son's like that he likes non-fiction oh, really? stuff yeah if it's facts and interesting things about the world or the planet or animals or anything, he's really interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Volcanoes, you know, there's yes. no story there. And that's, that's, and that's fine, you know, that's, you know, that's not what I would be wanting to read every night, but that, you know, you have to go with them, don't you? And, um, and oh, sorry, that was a thing from me. Yeah, you have to, um, you have to, try not to encourage them inspire them but not force your taste on them which is um which is what I try to do I thought of having more kids so that I can you know read carry carry on reading picture books and maybe try and convince (laughs) my kids and then I thought no hang on let me just I'm gonna and I told Charlene this other day I'm gonna create my own picture book library and if my kids want to come and borrow some of my picture books then they can go right ahead because I also have a serious addiction. It's quite bad. <laughs> oh, was that was that since 
having children or was that before having children? Oh, actually before having children. I, I studied uh, children's literature and um, picture books was part of the course and it was my favourite part. Ah, okay. Okay, so you're like me then. You you had the love of it and then it's just yeah. installed even more so by having kids. Absolutely. My, um, I've got so many picture books that, that are mine. Polly, <laughs> <laughs> we are here. Not to only chat about picture books, although that is a big part of your life and ours at this point. We're here to chat about Hello Mum. And something you said um, intrigued me earlier and it links to the quotes or the, the should I say, what do I say? The illustration and writing you have at the back in the, in the, on the dust jacket. It says, it's of Polly um, and her two boys are standing behind her and she's busy illustrating and writing and, and the text goes, go away, I'm busy writing about the beauty of motherhood. <laughs> and I feel I feel very much that way when I'm busy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel very much that way when I'm busy with uh, the podcast stuff. Go away, I'm, I'm trying to produce a podcast about the beauty of motherhood. <laughs> it relates so much to that. <laughs> Could you just go to sleep? I'm trying to work to do something yeah, important about being a mother. <laughs> an irony there isn't there that is um is yeah is that for me that one picture sums up quite a lot about why this book came about actually because um before writing this book I had two uh, very illustration heavy books to do um collaborations with authors great great books that I've really loved doing but they were um very intense, a lot of time sitting at my computer, a lot, just really, really full on. And I did feel like this is this is ironic that I am sitting here showing them away, trying to make these beautiful books for children that um, they don't even really, they're not even getting to see what I'm doing. Um, and I'd have all my paints and because they were of that age that they would just paint on the wall or whatever, I'd have to like keep them under lock and key and just only get them out when they weren't looking. And I was just like, I've got this sort of secret, um, secret Stash life. Of things, yes. <laughs> yeah, it should be so enjoyable. And you probably have an image of a picture book artist sitting there with their children painting and the mother painting it's all wonderful. <laughs> And you're like, just leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, that's my favourite. So nothing to paint water. Um, It's not always like that. I do let them play with paint sometimes. But I think I wrote, that was one of the cartoons that sort of expressed that. Um, And that's what I was feeling. I thought, hang on a minute. I've been working so hard and I am not looking up from my work and seeing them. This this sort of magic that's right here and right now and around me. and I just had this sort of awful fear that um, it was passing me by. Um, and I was concentrating um, on, on the magic of other books, but not on this, which I wanted to capture. And I didn't intend to write a book, but I just, I think I came to the end of one of those deadlines and I just bought myself a sketchbook. And I just thought, I'll, tra- I'll start recording moments from kids, my kids, um, childhood just as a record so that I'm not so it's not passing me by and it, I was incredibly uh, sort of lucky because because I did get a contract to make it after several months of posting them online the cartoons online and that did become become my job during lockdown which was a time where I needed to be with my kids and there was no 
nursery or school. But luckily, my job was to draw about them. And so... Um, Gave you lots of material also. (laughs) Yeah. So I could sit with them, you know, as they say, they always want me to play. And I could sit with them and I'm playing with them. And that was part of my work as well. And it was so nice because... And it's so it just allowed me to do a quick sketch and I'm not spending ages on Photoshop perfecting things. And it's just really quick and raw and from the moment and from the heart. And so I think I was lucky to have that um, that time doing a book that was so, yeah, involving them and not having to say, go away. <laughs> and we're like, come here, come and draw on the page with me. Come and sit on my lap while I'm drawing. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're, you're a part of this um so yeah well this book I mean you you spoke earlier about the heart in your children's books and you can see I just know I knew it I knew from looking at the work your work on on Instagram which is where you, you know I discovered your postings and all of that um and then realized okay you were the illustrator for um why we can't hug and and kind of went down this Polly Dunbar rabbit hole <laughs> that I was grateful for, but um, I, you just you just get it and that that heart is there. Sophie Doll of all people said um, Polly Dunbar gets it on on the cover and and you. I, I, what I was saying to Charlene was earlier is that I've been feeling quite bad, and that I especially now six months postpartum I've been feeling like a bit of a Debbie Downer. And always bitching about the realities of motherhood without appreciating that. Where I have a lot of people around me, especially in the glitz and glam of Instagram, um, enjoying every moment or seemingly enjoying every moment. So for me, your relatable content has been uh, yeah, what a, such a comfort. Yeah. A soft pillow to, uh-huh. to crash on at the end of the day. So I want to thank you for that. That's my reception. It seems like the reception has been... Amazing all round, but the book was only launched very recently. So how have you experienced it? Has it been a whirlwind or are you still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop? What? How has the reception been for Hello Mum? Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's really lovely. To, but it, the pictures have been a comfort. They've, I guess they were a comfort for me to draw uh, during a time of such a great stress for, I guess, most of us. Um, so it started off, trying to capture the sort of magical little moments and the funny things and then became a sort of lifeline for me as a way of expressing uh the frustration and the um the, you know somewhere to sort of shout <laughs> because you can't shout it you know it's like this is this is my space to just be honest about how things are going as a, as a mum in lockdown um and and then sharing them just gave me a sense of family with other mums and not just mums to dads to and grandmas you know um just that we're not we're all going through this mm. we were all in a similar um situation you know it's different you know they say all in the same boat with different boats but we were all experiencing the hugely intense time together so it was um it was lovely to be able to share that um and the book I guess it's had it's been great because I've had so many loyal people on Instagram who have been there from the beginning when I started to draw them and they've sort of followed the story and so I've been so hugely supportive and you know they're like 
first of all, it started, people said, oh, you could write a book. Maybe you should write a book. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is no, no. And then, you know, more people said that. And then I was like, guys, I'm going to write a book. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it feels like everyone kind of helped me do this. And I don't think I would have kept going and had, if I hadn't had that support and that um, acknowledgement from, from other mums. Um, and so, yeah, it's been really, really warm and and lovely and um I'm just yeah I just feel really grateful I say thank you thank you for you guys you know thank you for the people who left a comment and said nice things and um it's helped me to it's helped me to make a book and it's incredibly it's incredibly personal book um you know there are some moments in there that are sort of quite raw mm. um felt quite brave you know putting it out there I have to say the honesty in some of the illustrations I find very relatable and heartwarming actually because it's just so honest it is just how motherhood is sometimes it's really hard and it's it is and I honestly because I don't I just drawing them without any of the editing that normally goes into making a polished picture book so they literally if the line is wobbly it's probably because I've been up all night and you know it, it really is that straight from me to the page and and I think it needed that honesty mm. for it to that was the bottom line isn't it because it's you know you've you just you've got to tell the truth about these things because um it's yeah it is so hard and when you are looking at um all the, as you say, the glitz and glamour, and you feel like, well, this is not like this for me. Um, about, it's about, again, it's about being seen. And I mm. think that is, it's not about giving advice because, yeah, advice is useful and help is useful, but sometimes it can make you feel worse because you're not in the place to make that advice work. Mm. But just to be with something to reflect back at you and make you think and, and think, well, I'm not alone in this is... Um, I think what people are getting from it and that's yeah that's lovely what is next for you Polly Dunbar ah well you mentioned the hug and while we can't hug so um by um, McLaughlin and he has written a happy ending <laughs> so you know this COVID thing better shove off because <laughs> so we can happy have a happy ending, ending. <laughs> <laughs> and the hedgehog gets a hug and it's it's called um the longer you wait um let's get it right the longer you wait the, the longer the wait the better the hug and it's just basically the the tortoise and the hedgehog are reunited and it's um it's lovely so i've been i was illustrating that during this lockdown we've just had so again again under extreme pressure mm. but it was nice because it felt like um it's a really positive thing and that's again that's been a book that is uh, been sort of of the moment while we're all struggling so yeah hopefully hopefully it will be um appropriate when it comes out in that's in uh july i think july yeah um i would love to do more of the mum stuff um but i guess we've got to let this book find its wings first find its feet so i should say um i'm carried well as you'll know i've just carried on writing i haven't when I came to the end of the book, there was a kind of like drawbridge came down. I was like, right, well, none of them <laughs> I draw now will get into the book because I had to send it off. But I've got tons of others and I'd love to continue, you know, making them into books, but we just have to see. I, I guess I suppose with every stage of mothering, as you go through those stages, as your children grow older, as you change as a mum, 
there will always be these illustrations to do about what happens in the moment and what you're feeling. So I hope, right. I hope I to see more. Feel, <laughs> I've finished. I think I won't do any more. I've finished. I've, there's nothing, but they just, then something else happens and there's another feeling and there's <laughs> another way of looking at it. And um, yeah, as you say, you change and they change. And um, and now I'm started. I, I don't think I'm going to be stopping anytime soon. But so yeah, let's hope um, there'll be another one. But well the content creates itself in motherhood it definitely does and we can't wait to see and hear more of your commentary on the state of motherhood because we relate so much to it mm. uh, to all the listeners out there i got my copy at lute.co.za um, the south african listeners but uh, give it a google and give it an order because it really is just a soft place, to, a soft place for mothers to land, and we uh, can't wait for the third instalment of the Hug series. It's like chronicle, chronicling our children's, you know, COVID experiences, but in a happy way and with a happy ending. Polly, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the Great Equalizer. <music> This episode of The Great Equalizer is co-sponsored by PlayPod. A first for South Africa, PlayPod's creative couches for kids incorporate all the elements of a good couch fort without compromising your expensive lounge furniture. That's right. All the elements of the PlayPod are completely modular and the possibilities are endless for days filled with imaginary play. And the best part? The PlayPod is compact enough to stack neatly into a corner of the room at the end of a busy play day. Visit playpod.co.za for more. That was such a nice chat. I really, I love meeting all our new guests. Every time we come off a discussion with with a guest that we had on the show, I always feel so like, I'm happy I have that in my memory bank. Mm. Do you see how there's so much synergy in mm. motherhood? Yes, we're not all in the same situation and all our kids are different ages and we're not all in the same boat, but... We are navigating the same waters. Exactly. And it's nice to see each other. Yes. And I think that also, I suppose if we can just cut ourselves, for me, the bottom line, just from this discussion and looking at the illustrations in this woman's book and looking at her Instagram feed and getting to know her now in our discussion today, we're so hard on ourselves as moms. Our expectations are so high. We expect ourselves to be perfect. We expect ourselves to to have our shit together all the time. And we need to just lower the bar a little bit because everyone battles from time to time. It is Sometimes it's difficult and sometimes you feel, I've, I've been feeling it a lot lately, this overwhelming feeling of gratefulness. And I'm in such a different place now than what you are in your <laughs> life. <laughs> what an overwhelming feeling of dread. Yes. <laughs> I've got to wake up and put the same amount of energy into tomorrow it, that exactly. I have to <laughs> And I barely managed today. <laughs> so I, I, I think if I look at how different our situations currently is and um, – but listening to Polly tell us her story about how she uh, had to work and rush the kids away. And everybody navigates the same kind of thing at anywhere. So any any 
any point in your motherhood or parenting journey, any at any point in life, there has been someone out there that has battled the same shit that you probably battle now every single day. And I think it doesn't help in the moment, but I think to remind ourselves that it's going to be over. When? I don't know, mm. but it's going to be over. And the hard part is this, so it's not a bottom line for me, but in that, in that this too shall pass feeling is the fear as Polly mentioned, of missing out. Out, yes. That I'm, hey, I'm making this podcast and I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself to do this thing with you because Mm. I have such a passion for it. Mm. But why did it come about? It came about because I became a mother. That's That's it for me. And here I'm working till all hours and every chance I get to palm my kids off into another pair of hands, I do. And I'm not just sitting and being with them. And mm. I think that's the hard thing for me to navigate right now. And it, it, there's no solution right now for that except to, you know, juggle as mm. always. The, the balance is never going to be attained, but to just juggle that and to make sure I get a little bit of both, a lot of the work in and a lot of the mm. play in with my kids and just being intentional about my time. So, yeah, there's no solution, but what I liked is just seeing that camaraderie in mm. in Polly's work. Just the dust jackets at the back of her Yes, book. and like she says, for Mother's <laughs> Day, which, not to revisit the whole discussion, but it stood out for me when she said, sometimes you just want to be acknowledged mm. for the person you are and the struggles you're experiencing. Not because I want the advice. Or We started out this conversation with, I didn't want you to feel sorry for me. Um, I I wasn't asking for the sympathy, which is fine. And thank you for the sympathy. But sometimes just that acknowledgement of, I see you. I see Mm. this. I know this. I recognize this. And Mm. I can see what you're navigating here. And it is friggin' tough. Hang in there, sister. Mm. Yeah. How about we keep talking? Yes. So if you are going through a tough time yourself, you're welcome to share with us. Um, Or if you have a happy anecdote, uh, you know this. If you want to chat and weigh in on any topic that we are discussing here, or you, like us, want to be Debbie Downers from time to time and Mm -hmm. cry, or maybe you want to laugh, DM us a voice note on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast, or you can record one on your phone and hit us up over email, info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. If you haven't specifically requested that it remain anonymous, we might even share it in our next episode. Oh, we would love that. Guys, also feel free to tag us in anything you might find interesting one of your instagram or facebook posts something you read something you'd like for us to to chat about we get a lot of dms going hey guys and and whatsapp messages and emails saying hey guys have you considered talking about this keep them coming if you have sent an email um that are banked and we're working on all of that content and we hope uh for you to see your topic out mm. there soon. Your support's super important to us. We always say this. Um, you have no idea how much every like, every love, every interaction with us means to us. Um, please keep them coming. 
And please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook. Thank you for the reviews that have come through. Yes, we're going to be posting those soon. We're trying to get to all of them. Thank you. Sam and I, literally, if we wake up to a new review or a new post or feedback like that, we're like, look at this. Look what happened. It really makes our day. It's so validating and it's just the feel we need to keep going. Also, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified when a new episode comes your way and we've got a lot of many episodes that have been doing the rounds as well so we hope that our subscribers have been getting all of those too exactly we're working on so many things behind the scenes just because you don't see them on our platforms currently or um we're not uh, they're not out there yet we're only putting out episodes every two weeks we've got a lot of other projects on uh on the go and they're coming your way soon Uh, and the more we are seen the more we can put into these projects that we're working on the better this podcast will do for you and um yeah the better we can serve you and so that's it for this week until next time Keep Keep your your mom mom game strong. www.thegreatequalizer.co.za or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at info at thegreatequalizer.co.za and we'll get back to you.